Okay, we are talking about the judgment of God, and uh, every one of us will have to face God on judgment day, and God will judge us according to the work that we do, and also He will judge us right into our hearts and look at the motive, look at uh, uh, the reason why we do things. You know, is it for self? Is it for Him? And then uh, we understand that Judgment Day could be the most glorious day for us who follow Jesus, who obey Him. Because that's the time He separates. There's a separation of those who are uh, uh, precious and of value, uh, valuable to Him from those who do not really belong to Him. There is a time, that is a time when our God comes to reward us, comes to give us what He has been preparing for us since the beginning of time. Of course, judgment can be a terrifying time because if we have not followed Him, we will have to face uh, the, the consequence. So, we want to hear from God when we stand on that judgment day, you good and faithful servant. But more than that, more than that, we want to hear Him saying that we are faithful and wise servant. You know, just now you heard, to the wise servant, He gave them charge over everything He has. Everything. Uh, let's turn back to that verse again. We are going to continue from there. Matthew 24, verse 45 to 47. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth. He will put him in charge of all his possessions. So, the life that we live, how we live on earth will determine the result, the rewards you know, that we will get in eternity. So here, God is looking for faithful and wise servants. And we are more or less like putting, uh, being put to the test on earth. What you do, how you live here, how you think, is God putting you through to determine whether you are the faithful and wise servant that He can trust and give you His kingdom to rule and reign with Him. So God is asking, who? Who is the wise and, and faithful servant? Is it us? Is it you? Is it me? That He finds. So in order for you to be a wise servant, you've got to be truthful. Got to be have a, having a truthful heart, right? And then you've got to have eternity in your heart. You've got to have the fear of God uh, in your heart in order to be wise. But, but this morning, I want to continue. In order for us to be a wise servant, we have to take ownership of the household of God, right? Yeah, we have heard it, but I want to share it again, right? Okay, we talk about Carrie's uh, graduation, the closing ceremony. We invite you to come. 
You see, when you take this as your home, this is what we do. This is the house of God. Right? If you take ownership, you will be concerned. You will want to support. You see, it's, it's a totally different kind of feeling and, 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 and thought insight and, and decision that you make. Some of us, you say, I care, it's, it's nothing to do with me. I got no children. And, or some of us, we say, ah, my children, we are, we are not rich enough to be able to enroll our kids. So that's nothing to do with me. You see, that's how we think. But when we take ownership, you realize, hey, that may be not what, what belongs, uh, uh, part of the cake that I'm involved in. But this is my church. This is my family. And this is what we do to glorify God. So I, I want to be there because I care about it. Okay? I want to support my church. You see, when you take ownership, it's, it's a totally different feeling inside, different mindset, different decision that you will make about the church, about us, about your cell group, about the ministry. You know, you look at things differently. Because you have ownership over it. Right? And when you have ownership, really, you don't wait to be invited. Okay? It's only guests who are waited uh, uh, to be invited to, 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 to get involved. So I like people who come to me and say, hey, Pastor, can we do this? You know, because they take ownership, they see the needs and they realize, hey, we got to do something about it because there is a lack in this area in our church. And so they volunteer. They want to do it. And that's great. Because as a pastor, you know, we can't do anything. We don't see everything. We're just one part of the body. But we need to take ownership in order to be a wise servant. So a, a wise servant, that's why it's a faithful and wise servant. So without faithfulness, there's no wisdom. Uh, you will not be wise. So as a servant, if you are not faithful, you will not be wise. But when you are faithful, you'll be able to make wise decisions. So when we take ownership of the house, ownership of the church, what does it mean? It means that you will serve under someone's ministry. It's just like here the servant serve under the master. Whether the master is around or not around, the servant continues to serve under the master's uh, 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 jurisdiction. And all that he served, the things that he handles, doesn't belong to him. It doesn't belong to him. Yet, he takes ownership. He serves as if everything belongs to him. That's the attitude. And some of us, we... In church, we are very spiritual. We want to find my ministry. We want to discover my calling. Well, that's good. But how do you do that? So a lot of us, we are, we, we, we do, we are not faithful in serving under another ministry. We just want to find our own ministry. But if you take ownership of the house of God, you take ownership of the church, that is not your, your, your heart. You will serve under another ministry. So if, for instance, some of us, you say, well, I don't know what's my calling. I don't know what's my ministry. Very simple. 
Very simple. You serve faithfully under another man's ministry. And the time will come when God will say, hey, I will give you ministry of your own. Haven't we read from the scripture? If you are not faithful in the little thing, who will give you things of your own? You see? So when you are faithfully serving under another man's ministry or, 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 or your leader's ministry, the time will come when God say, hey, it's time for me to release you to, to, to a greater, greater area of service. Right? So, so taking ownership is you recognize their authority over you and you serve under the authority and everything actually doesn't belong to you, but you serve as if it is yours. So in serving other ministry, you fulfill your own calling in your life. So the wise servant does not seek personal gain. He realized the gain is a result of the fruit of his labor. The gain wasn't his goal. His goal is to serve the master. His goal is to do his best for the master. He wasn't looking at the gain, even though the gain can be incentive. You know, in today's world, people will tell you, oh, what you will get, right? Uh, to get you motivated. That's good. But, but as a Christian, as a believer, as, as a child of God, we know God is rewarding us. We know God is encouraging us and say, hey, work and serve me and reward is coming. Right? We know God does that. But more than that, more than that, right? Uh, uh, God wants us to realize the gain is a result of your service. Right? So our focus is how do we serve our God? to the best of what we can. And we know God will not let us down. God is faithful. He will reward us. You see, that is not the goal. The goal is how do I serve my master with all that I have? It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Yeah, you know, those days, I can remember those days when uh, if you are the the owner of a shop because there's very uh, there's very few shops you know the China mental business if you ask too many questions I said oh, go 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 uh, don't bother me you know remember those old days the China men do business right you go in and ask a few more questions they're impatient they just want the business done they just want the profit the benefit Okay, and they have no patience in uh, really serving the customer, right? So because there's plenty of business to do, you don't want, you just go, okay, I have a lot of other customers, so, so I don't need to serve you in that way, you know? But if you do business in today's world in that way, I can tell you, you'll close shop very soon, you know? So we need wisdom, right? So when we serve God, we are not focusing on a goal, uh, the, the, the benefit. We are focusing on how do I serve my master? How do I please him? How do I follow him? How do I do my best? Right? Those things will come. It will come. Because God is good God. He's faithful. And the task is very clear. 
the task that the master has given to that servant is very clear. Take charge of my house. Feed the servant. Take care of everything. Because if my servant are healthy and happy, they will work well. They will bring maximum productivity to me. But if my servant are ill-treated, uh, 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 not being, being taken care in a in a very good way, my productivity will also decrease. So the, 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 the instruction, what we are to do is very clear, to take care of God's household. So this morning, what are we here for? Besides receiving from God, we are here to take care of God's household. Not necessarily in a financial area. Maybe there are others who are grieving, who are hurting, who, who has other needs. Well, we are to take care of them because they are the servants of God. Right? So let's work together. Let's rise up. Let's open our eyes. Let's see the needs. Let's open our ears. Sometimes it's through listening. Oh, someone got needs. Because that's my brother, that's my house. So what do I do? Right? So don't wait for the pastor. Don't wait for the workers to do something. You hear about it. Because it's your house. Because you have to take care of God's house as if it's your own house. What do you need to do? Response. Okay, right. So that's uh, the first thing uh, this morning that we need to know in order to be a wise servant. We got to see that the house of God is our house, is my house, and I want to take care of the house of God. Okay, the second thing is I mentioned earlier. To be wise, you've got to be trustworthy. You've got to be faithful, servant. Uh, Luke 16, verse 10. The Gospel of Luke 16, verse 10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Let's read on, verse 11 and verse 12. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? So in order to be a wise servant, it starts with the little things that we handle, that we need to take care of, right? So when we are faithful, the Word of God says faithful in the little things. So that's why we do not despise the little thing. We do not despise the small beginning. So when you're faithful in the little thing, you will be given things of your own. But when you are dishonest or not faithful in a little thing, nobody will trust you. You know, some of us, we, we undermine the wisdom of God. We undermine the, the you know, the, the, how should I say? We take it for granted. And we think that, oh, just because I believe in Jesus when I get to heaven, everything will be mine. But the Word of God is telling us, Jesus is telling us, if you are faithful in the little thing, you'll be rewarded with more. Right? And if you are honest, trustworthy in the things that God has given to you, God will give you greater things. 
right? So, so God is just like us. When we run a company, we will not simply put people in charge of this and that just because, you know, they are around, right? We will choose. We will look at the qualification. We'll look at their personality. We'll look at their performance. And we, when they are found trustworthy, and faithful and, and wise, and we promote them. We give them more responsibilities, right? But if they are not, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, we have to remove them. And so God is also a wise God, right? He doesn't give His kingdom to anyone just because they say, I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus. As I told you, we will turn heaven into hell if He does that. Right? So God is a wise God. So this is a time. This is a very, very important time of your life. As far as your future is concerned. How we should live. How we should prove to God that we are that faithful, trustworthy servant. Even in the little things. In the time that I have. In the little money that I have. In the talents that I have. Whatever it is that, that you think is insignificant, but God is looking at you, how you deal with those things. Because when you are faithful in those things, He multiplies it. He promotes you and, and, and gives you greater things. I'm just thinking about ourselves here in Taoao. Really, we have very little. You know, we have very little... In a lot of ways, we are at a disadvantage. But we manage to make the best use of the little that we have and multiply. And God, because we, 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 we are faithful in that, God begins to multiply to bring us into bigger things. You know, that, that principle is at work here. But there's one area we've got to prove faithful, we've got to prove trustworthy. There's one area. Money, wealth. That's one area we, we really got to get it right. So just come back to this, this story, this parable that Jesus was talking about. You know, the master gave the servant his, his wealth in, in this world, his household uh, wealth to take care of. And this servant has got to prove faithful in this area, in managing wealth on earth, right? so that he will get uh, his eternal rewards. And why I say this is an area that we must get it right. Because this, the Bible says, the love of money is the root of all evil. If it's the root of all evil, everything starts from here. Right? The poor husband struggle with the wife to build an empire. He will continue to be faithful if the empire never was established. They will continue to struggle hard and unite together. But once the empire is established, the money is there, the car is there, and then the women are there. Where does it start? The money. Is it faithful? Is it trustworthy in the financial area? It didn't start with the, the lady. 
Love of money is the root of all evil. So why do I... Uh, so, so this is important. But I want to show you something this morning. Some of us, we never thought about it. We read it. I read it many times. But I never really saw a thing about it seriously. Who is the one who told you Satan is in charge of worship in heaven? Did, did, we, did we get this message, right? Satan, he's the anointed uh, guardian cherub, and, and, and he is in charge of worship in heaven. Did you know? You don't have this understanding, or you just don't know who he is. Okay, I have heard it. You know, Satan is in charge of worship and because he's in charge of worship, you know, then he begins to think that, you know, I can be like God. People, these, these angels can worship me. So, right. But what is, what is Satan in charge of in heaven before he falls? What is he in charge of? Anybody? Anybody? Never mind, whatever you, you think is the answer, whatever you, 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 you have learned. What was Satan in charge of? Nothing. He's in charge of business. Ah, haven't got business. Ah. Last time, Pastor, you say, God is a businessman, I already cannot stomach in. Now you tell me, haven't got, got business. What is this? Ah? Let's look at the Bible, right? How many of you know that Ezekiel 28 talks about Satan? Yes? Ezekiel 28, verse 14 to 15 to start with. You were anointed as a guardian cherub, for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Agree? This is talking about Satan before wickedness was found in him. He was called the garden cherub. Okay, so because of that, people associate, you know, the Ark of the Covenant. On the Ark of the Covenant, there's these two injured being with wings, you know, so, so we think that they are guarding the presence of God. Is it uh, overshadowing the presence of God? Right. Uh, yeah. So that's why the Chinese version translates, uh, uh, they are guarding the, 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 the Ark of the Covenant. But if we continue to read verse 16, through your wise spread trait. You were filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God and I expelled you, O guardian cherub, from among the fiery stone. Have we got it right? Have I got it right? Let's read it again. Through your widespread trait, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God. He's talking about, right? Up there, from the mount of God. And I expel you, O guardian cherub. No mistake, it's not. I expel you, uh, uh, well, Nehemiah or whoever, and this is symbolic. No, I expel you, O guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. Okay, so he is the, if you like, the trade ministers in heaven. I told you heaven is a shadow of, well, the earth is a shadow of what heaven is like. 
What we do actually is from God. Our intelligence was from Him. Right? So we are a shadow of that which is to come. And Satan was there trading. Trading. And the Bible says, wow, he's a guardian. Guardian church. I tended to think that he's actually the finance minister. Because he's guarding the trading, the, the finance, the money, the economy. Who is he? He's a finance minister in heaven. But like someone else, he put the, his hand into the pocket and take things out for himself because he cannot be trusted. And then he wants, greed comes, he wants more. And so violence. And as a result, he was expelled, he was cast down from heaven. We learn previously, when you control the money, you control the people. Okay, so that's why wickedness came into his heart, because when you control money, you control people. It's probably similar up there. Because this is a shadow of what, what's up there. And so Satan begins to think, hey, I'm so powerful. You know, I can be like God. I can control these people. These people will have to worship me. When I say people, meaning angels. Because I have the power. I have the finance. I control. Let's read on. Verse 18. By your many sins and dishonest traits, you have desecrated your sanctuaries. So I made a fire come out from you and it consumed you and I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who were watching. So the fact that he comes into the mountains of God, the holy mountains of God, walk among the fiery stone, but yet he has his own sanctuary. He has his own house, just like we will have our own house. But there is the sanctuary of God, right? And God said, you desecrated your sanctuary, not God. God's sanctuary, He filled it with His holy presence. No power can desecrate it. No power can stand in the presence of God. But Satan, because of his sin, he desecrated his sanctuary. That's that's where God has given to him. And as a result, he was cast down. And, and, and because of his untrustworthiness. Okay, so I hope we have a more realistic picture of heaven. Rather than, well, never mind, go up there, sing song, Onima. I tell you a lot of unemployment up there. Because you're not worthy. No one wants to employ you. No one wants to give you something to do. And so all you do is cry and gnashing and whipping of teeth. I wish. I wish. Maybe that's why the word of God has it. The love of money is the root of all evil. From here. This, this, this is the root of all, of all, all evil. Right, let's, let's, we got to be, so, so we're talking about we got to be trustworthy with the resources that God has given to us. 
to take care of God's house. So we're going to look into the scripture and see the man of the world, the wisdom of this world, how they, they look at life. And a lot of Christians, we're having the same value system. And, and live life the same way, except we say we believe in Jesus. Okay, so let's look at uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 19. This man who has made it, he become rich. He has a lot of properties, a lot of opportunity. His business is growing, expanding, and so on. And what did he say? And I will say to myself, you have plenty of good things. Lay out for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. See, that's the, 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 the wisdom of this world. We thought, oh, you know, I work hard. Now it's time that I enjoy life because look at my success. You see, the focus is self, self, self. Even though we may be Christian, we believe in God, we believe in heaven, but we don't take the word of God seriously. The next verse, but, this is what you say, but God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? You see, the emphasis isn't this night God will take you. Because we thought, oh no, I won't go tonight. So it's okay. Right? I won't die suddenly. So it's okay. That's not the emphasis. The emphasis is you live like this. God said you are a fool. Because all that you live for, you will not take it away. It doesn't belong to you. None of it belongs to you. The fact that you live is all left to someone else. It tells you it doesn't belong to you. So if you live like that, you are a real fool. Okay? Don't look at me and say, Pastor is scolding me. Huh? This is the word of Jesus, not mine. It's God said. So you better take note. Okay? I didn't say. God said. You better take note. And the next verse. And I will say, uh, no, sorry. Uh, next verse. Verse 21. This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich towards God. This is what it will be with anyone. No exception. Anyone who store up wealth for himself and is not rich towards God. So we can be rich before God. We can be poor before Him. So in heaven, there are poor people, there are rich people. You didn't know that? You thought we're all the same? Oh, hallelujah. No sadness, no tears, no cry. See, in heavens, there are poor people. There are rich people, light on this earth. If you are not rich towards God when you go to heaven, are there beggars in heaven? I'm not sure. But if they are, they are poor people, you can be sure there will be somebody who say, please laugh. Huh? Am I knocking your image about heaven altogether? How do we read the scripture? 
We read that Ananias and Sapphira were struck down by the, by the Holy, uh, Holy Spirit and dropped dead. But we say, thank God, we are not like that. We are not living in that age. So it doesn't happen to us. Okay? It will. It's a matter of time. Just because it's delayed, mean, it doesn't mean that God, for this generation, it, it doesn't matter. Chin chai. You know, it's only in that generation. He's very serious. Now, it, it doesn't matter. You're wrong. It's just that God's grace and mercy extended very long. So now, it didn't happen immediately. But on the day of judgment, you all have to face Him. It will take place. Just because of that, when we read the Bible, the Bible tells the rich young ruler, go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor and then you will lay out treasure in heaven. We thought, oh no, it's, it's not about us. You know? We in this, 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 this is New Testament. Uh, we didn't realize Jesus was in New Testament time and he's the one who bring in the New Testament scripture. But we thought, no, it's for that, that poor guy. You know, good job, I'm not that rich young ruler. I have to sell everything. You know, now we can keep everything except a little bit, give to God. It doesn't matter. You see, how we read scripture? How do we read scripture? And that's why maybe this is a time that God wants to bring the judgment message to us. Not to condemn, but rather to let us wake up so that we know how to prepare for that judgment in the right way. Not in the way that we think and imagine. Okay, so that's why the Word of God says, you know, anyone, anyone, you know, if, if we do that, then that, that will be the, the, the outcome. So we've got to be rich towards God. That's what we want in this world. You've got to invest for eternity. Not just believe. Invest. So that you are rich towards God. Look at 1 Timothy 6, 17. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. So I told you, this life is so, so important. It determines the next world. If you do what is right, in this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. What we are doing now is laying foundation what kind of foundation? Depends on what you do. Lay up firm foundation for the coming age. So it's a command. Not just teach them. Command them. Tell them this is what they have to do. right? So that they can use the resources, the riches to lay up a good foundation. You see, if you allow Satan to talk to you, Satan will accuse. You see, pastor always talk about money. Pastor, want your money. He said, will accuse you because he wants to rob you of your future. He wants to rob you of the glory. He wants to rob you of what God has. But God is saying, you command them. 
Command them. You know, the truth is we hardly talk about money. Isn't that so, this church? Even though we need a lot of money, we do a lot of things, we have a lot of money, but, but amazingly, we hardly talk, except when they give offering. But Satan will accuse you. Remember, he's a thief. He wants to steal what you, what you have. And he wants to nullify the word of God so that you don't take it seriously. But God is so serious. He said, you command them. It's not a choice. It's not an option. You command them. Okay, so this morning, I think I will just stop here. Right? We all want to be known as the faithful and wise servant. And one of the areas that we really need to know how to handle is the area of finance. Finance. Okay? We, we really need to know, know how to serve under other people's ministry so that we will enter into the destiny of our own. Okay? So let's, let's rise to our feet this time.